Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, with the National Cannabis Industry Association. And today I'm going to turn the episode over to a couple of the members of our Cannabis Cultivation Committee, Mo Phoenix from Grosentia and Noni Goldman from Four Trees Management. Thank you both ladies for helping us with this podcast episode from the Cannabis Cultivation Committee. Again, I will turn it over to you from here. Thank you so much, Bethany. This is Mo. I'm the chair of the Cannabis Cultivation Committee, and all of the members of the Cultivation Committee are just incredibly excited to have Stormy Simon, the new powerhouse CEO of High Times, on as our very special guest today. And so I'll just take a little a moment here to introduce Stormy, talk a little bit about high times, and then we have a really awesome conversation in store. So Stormy is the former president of Overstock.com, and over her 15 years at the company, she went from being one of just 100 employees to overseeing 1,600. She grew the company's revenue from 20 million to 2 billion and increased the female seats at the executive table to 33%. In 2016, Stormy stepped down as Overstock's president to move into the cannabis industry. She joined the High Times Board of Directors, and of course, in January of this year, she was named as High Times CEO. So I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast is familiar with High Times and recognizes it as the leading publication of the cannabis industry. 
The magazine has a reach of 500,000 copies per issue, which rivals the distribution of Rolling Stone and is now branching out into some different ventures and projects, which I know we'll, we'll hear all about. Stormy is the first female CEO in the company's 46-year history and was recently featured in The Female 50, which recognizes the most influential women in the cannabis industry. Stormy, thank you so much for being here with us. We're super excited to have you, and it sounds like you've been keeping plenty busy over the last several months. Oh my gosh, it's been such a wild ride, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, so we'll jump in here. Um, you know, we definitely appreciate uh, the female 50 and, and seeing more women recognized for their contributions in this industry, which, as we know, is is largely still dominated by um, white and male men. So um, we're going to get back to the High Times Cannabis Cups and your upcoming dispensaries. But we wanted to jump in a little bit to what is your background? What has your journey looked like for where you started in your career and how you got to where you are today? Um, and, you know, we know there's a lot of people just starting out in this industry and as it's changing so much every day, I think it'll be really interesting to hear what your journey looked like getting here. Yeah, well, it definitely um, started a while back and I was a young mom. Um, single in my early 20s. And with that became, you know, a lot of responsibility to go out and work and, you know, support a family. And that's what I did. My And through that was a you know, number of different jobs in different industries that were all really helpful uh, for when I walked into Overstock in early 2000, or it was late 2001. Um, the company was just over two years old and we were doing 18 million in revenue for the year. And I happened to walk in with good timing and a lot of luck, um, I think, with my ideas. Started as a temp and throughout the course of the next 12 years, had some really great successes, um, wonderful wins within the customer care industry. And what we were able to achieve there um, was CMO for a while, had COO, and then ultimately became president in 2013. And in 2016, you know, 15 years later, after seeing an industry, it wasn't even named e-commerce yet. You know, we were just figuring out how to transform retail, which is, you know, what Overstock and a few others did at the time. Um, 2016, the cannabis industry is happening, and I've always had a passion for the plant. Um, it wasn't something I've ever shied away from or felt like was a stigma although having been treated differently for my passion for the plant or my, you know, integration with it into my life. Uh, Colorado, to, you know, 2014, I think says we're going recreational. And I found that just stunning, like literally to think about a prohibition ending in my lifetime of something that I'm passionate about. And how can I raise my hand to participate in that? You know, I loved Overstock with every ounce of my being. You know, I put everything I had into that company um, for 15 years and I loved it. And I really physically um, enjoyed it. And with cannabis, I felt the same way. I was so curious about what these steps were. Like, what did it mean for a state to operate outside of the federal government with something like this that has been prohibited, that was a Schedule One drug, all of the things that cannabis was and represented, how did that work? So I moved to Denver 
and started working in a grow, working with a small company. They had two medicinal dispensaries. I immersed myself in understanding the life cycle of a plant and just knowing a little bit about the journey that it takes just from seed to sale. Um, learning about the supply chain at the time, which changes rapidly every day in this industry, but how it moves through the hands, how the state tracks it, all the things that go along with it. Um, six months later, I also learned about it as a medicine. And that was super crucial in, you know, what I thought was going to happen and what actually happened for me. One, I knew Denver was one of 50 states that was going to go through this. And I left Denver and moved to San Diego, um, started working with a company there, uh, joined the board of High Times in 2017, started working with Canna Kids, a Los Angeles-based uh, company that is really just that, cannabis for children who are sick or geriatrics for humans that are sick. Loved the idea of starting that conversation or having it. After 15 years there, you know, you can call it curiosity, the desire for something new or the idea that I might have one more left in me. You know, I decided to leave and jump into this industry. And a lot of that was for passion for the plant. That rebel in me or the idea that I could raise my hand and be a part of a movement that I know history books are going to be written about. It was written about it for alcohol. And alcohol had no real medicinal benefits to our bodies or none that could be scientifically proven, I think still to this day. Um, I went to, in Denver, I started learning so much about the plant as a medicine, uh, the idea that we, the people, had to work outside of the government to discover this and how they suppressed it from us. And then of course, learning about the suppression of minorities and uh, the zip codes that have really suffered because of this plant and how it was used against us almost as a weapon at times. Um, and that brought up a different passion. Um, so I've stumbled around the industry for about three years exploring um, the entrepreneurs, the small businesses, those that make it, those don't, the big businesses, the injustices, the inequality. You know, you started this by saying, um, you know, that the industry is dominated by white men. And, you know, that's an inequality we deal with in every industry. If it is, however we put that inequality, whatever it is, it is the state of our world right now. Stormy, what advice would you give someone looking to transition into cannabis uh, from another industry? My advice would be, be ready to be agile enough to figure out your space. So one piece is you don't throw away the skill set you had before you got here. So it is, even though it's exciting, even though there are um, different business regulations that you have to operate within within different states and everything that goes along with it, at the end of the day, it is another industry. And so what you're doing in whatever world you're in, that skill set will and can apply to this. So you may not know anything about cannabis. You may not have uh, intimate knowledge about the plant or what it does for us, but your skill set can apply and you should enter it fearlessly. There's room for it. It is the ground floor right now.
It's very, very new. Even though the conversations have been openly happening for a few years, um, it's something that it will take the passion of the people to continue to move forward in the way that it should. I love that. And thank you, Stormy. I just love your story so much. And I think it is really inspirational. And this is an interesting industry as it continues to evolve. And and we do see folks from all across the board um, flooding in and contributing their skill sets and, you know, with such differing backgrounds. And I think that that's part of what makes it a really special and unique space. Yeah, it is, you know, and in the past three years, you know, there are community aspects of it that have uh, dwindled a little or, or thinned out some because of the amount of business that has had to come in to support the industry through legalization. And it's important um, to not forget that even though it is another industry, it isn't, you know, people are still going to prison for this in states that it's not legal. People are still sitting in prison for this mm-hmm. in states that it is legal. All right, well, we're going to head into our first commercial break, and then we'll be right back with NCIA's Cultivation Committee interviewing Stormy Simon from High Tide. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network, learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers, and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Sacramento, and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected, get informed, and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. 
Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice in this special episode with our Cultivation Committee from NCIA, Mo Phoenix and Noni Goldman, are speaking with Stormy Simon from High Time. So I'll hand it back to you. Thanks, Bethany. We're just so excited to have Stormy with us today. And Stormy, we wanted to get into talking about the High Times Cannabis Cups a little bit um, and also your upcoming dispensaries. But let's start with the cups. So the High Times Cannabis Cups have been around since about 1988, I believe, um, starting in Amsterdam. And then in 2010, uh, started up here in the United States. And now, you know, as we know, they're all across the country. Um, and so for those of us that maybe haven't been to a High Times Cannabis Cup, can you tell us a little bit about what that experience is like and what makes it unique? The first time that you go to a Cannabis Cup, I think if you've never experienced it, I know my jaw was on the ground and I had been in the industry for a second, but you go in and there are so many uh, different booths, different people that can openly market their cannabis, which, you know, you think 10 years ago, this is crazy, but today we do it. Um, So you can go in and really expect an extreme amount of knowledge from every brand that is representing their flower or their concentrate or their growing equipment or their seeds. And I found myself the first couple of times literally going from booth to booth and getting an education that you still can't get in college today, whether it be Mm -hmm. about terpenes or how different plants provide different medicinal benefits or how an extraction process is done or the packaging company, or uh, maybe it's a, a brand that's strictly art or devices, but you see it all at these cannabis cups. And what I love so much about them is they're so local Everyone there is representing that state. You know, you're not getting a lot of, the plants are grown in that state. These brands have representation in that state. They're bringing dollars in and they're operating legally. And none of those things are easy in this industry, but you meet them all at the Cannabis Cup. Uh, So if you haven't had any experience with cannabis, you've never tried it and learn about all the different ways that you can consume it or use it topically or how it's cooked or baked. And, you know, then we crown the winners. Awesome. That's, that's a really good point. I've never thought about is just the regional aspect of it that, you know, at a lot of these bigger trade show events, um, being in that environment, you'll see a lot of the same vendors that you see at a lot of the big shows, but I'm sure that that is a really cool part about the High Times Cups is that it is local and it is regional. And so you're seeing the folks that are unique to that region um, and doing things in their own way. Yes. And they're different. You know, the states are different. Absolutely. Oklahoma, Oklahoma was so different than Michigan. You know, the the brands that are out there, how they display them, their logos, uh, the crowd, even the music. It had a very different feel and vibe, but both were amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So I was also reading about your upcoming dispensaries in Las Vegas and Los Angeles. 
And this is a super cool and different concept because as I understand it, those locations will carry high times branded items and locally sourced products from previous cannabis cup winners. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. And, you know, we're looking across the nation for different stores to partner up with. And you can think of this as a licensing model or a franchise model in some cases. But what I would say in any state, there's nothing that's out of the box. Like there's not, hey, here's how High Times is entering a state for dispensary. We really look to partner with the mom and pop shops there. You know, there's some big brands in this industry already, and we're known for connecting these authentic growers, you know, from back in the day or these smaller businesses, smaller groups to consumers with cannabis. And this is a way um, to keep that high times family, build it bigger and bring more people together so they're stronger in this environment. Mm -hmm. Pre-federal legalization, yes. I love that. I think it's such an awesome idea. Um, So for you, what is it about a particular brand or a particular flower that that you or you know high times will recognize as a cannabis cup win? What is it about it that will make it something that you'd want to carry at a high times dispensary? Well, for the cannabis cups, the way that it works is we have judges and they're blind product. So the product comes in, it's categorized by sativa pre-roll, indica pre-roll, concentrate topicals, all the categories. And then you have your judges that take it and they fill out their form and that's how they're chosen. Um, So it's blind. You know, the judge, I I don't know because I've only been a judge once. Um, And, but I do know that the flower that came in, it's just amazing. So for me, I judged uh, sativa. Those are my favorite flowers. Um, how I choose now that um, we have legal states and you can start becoming familiar with strains that work with your body, you know, you, you start choosing. So I love Jack Herrera. I love Lamb's Breath. I love Skittles. Um, I love some of the Kushes, OG Kush. There are so many different ones that I like, but I also know how to use them and integrate them into my life. Um, I have a story of I take no pharmaceuticals, um, and I did that with understanding cannabis and applying it in different ways for myself. And so I choose the strains based on what I now know. Um, if I do it by sight, definitely a smell to fresh cannabis where, you know, you can smell if it's sat for a little too long, damp, or, you know, before it's dried or got packaged early, and you can smell those things got to have that fresh smell for me. I love um, when the buds have their crystals left on them and the packaging is done really well. So more boutique-y uh, brands for me where they really do hand trim it still and carefully place it in their jars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, and so that's that's how I go through the process. I love trying the new brands. I've spent three years um, almost four actually, just seeing the brands on the shelf, how they're packaging, how they are evolving. Um, a lot of them come off the shelves, you know, a consumer is going to buy 
good cannabis, and that's going to be whether it's a concentrate, a tincture, and they're going to come familiar with the tastes and the smells and what works with their bodies and how it makes them feel. And so all of this rush to get your brand out there, you know, it'll shake out. They'll be the good brands remaining. That's an interesting point that you make about uh, consumer um, maturity as states come online, as more consumers are uh, have more experience with what they want. Are you seeing more of a trend for consumers going just for THC potency or uh, are terpenes and um, sustainability efforts, uh, are they making more of an impact? Well, I think there's... Uh I'm not sure on that. I couldn't say that one's leading the other, but I do think that there's a time and a strain where maybe a high THC doesn't uh, affect you in the way that you want to be affected. Like I don't find um, during the day a sativa that has a 27% THC may not affect me you know, if I do that indica at a 27% THC, I'm going to go to sleep. But the sativa might be a little different. So I think in that sense, the chirps and the, you know, the plant come into play for me. Um, and so I don't know what the trend is. I do think that as terps and the conversations regarding the healing properties of terps and what they are. There's so much education we as a society um, get to explore that terps may be what start leading the way for people. You know, I know there are a few um, that I find that work well for me, but again, I just attach them to my strains and that's what I follow. Great. Well, we're going to take one more commercial break and then we'll be right back to wrap up our chat with NCA's Cultivation Committee interviewing Stormy Simon from High Times. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart Pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, Smart Pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart Pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million Smart Pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The Cutting Edge of Cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee, Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. 
Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and I'm going to turn it back over to NCIA's Cultivation Committee to wrap up this special episode with Stormy Simon from High Times. Thanks so much, Bethany. Stormy, thank you for sharing your story and kind of giving us a little inside look at high times. Um, and in this last segment, we'd like to look towards the future and, and get your take on some things that are out there on the table. Um, as we've said, there's a lot of change occurring in the cannabis industry, it seems like every day. Um, and, you know, we've got everything from federal descheduling to the Safe Banking Act to repealing 280E and new states coming online every day. There's just a lot going on. And so we're curious about what do you think will be the biggest change in the next several years? Or what would you really like to see change as you keep moving forward in your career and as the cannabis industry continues to evolve? Well, there's so much karmic debt that Mm. comes with this. I mean, and that has to change. We have to hold hands with that, um, with people who are omitted from the industries. We have to hold ourselves accountable for suppressing a plant that might have mitigated the opiate crisis a little bit, a lot of it, 25% in states that are recreationally legal. So um, what I would like to see change is the way the government controls some of the things that we have. I would like the states to run faster because they've proven they can do it better um, than some of the things that the uh, federal government have rolled out. And there's many things we can point to in that regard, you know, whether it be banking and the Frank Dodd Act or, or certain consolidations of businesses. That's what federal legalization can bring um, because this was uh, taken from us as a medicine, despite, you know, a medical community begging in the 1930s to be able to research it. Um, Because it was labeled a schedule one drug in the 70s. And most importantly, because hundreds of thousands of people, real human beings have had their lives taken away from them for simply smoking or holding a plant. And what I'd like to change is the federal government, the bureaucracy that it takes to fix this karmic debt, the fear that they have in allowing the people's voice to lead the way. I'd like um, us to get ahead of whatever the pharmaceutical companies want to do with the plant and start finding these solutions on our own and letting our science um, outside of the FDA be enough. You know, Israel has done a lot of research on this plant, a lot. Um, And we can recognize it as legitimate. Um, So as far as the industry, and I know um, that was, I just said a lot, but as far as the industry, 
um, it, it's going to happen, right? We're going to have uh, a federal law. We're going to be able to do things across state lines. How does that shake out recreationally versus medicinally? I don't know. Um, what does this mean for, you know, I do know that the medicine should get better, right? The more science that comes in, you want Pfizer to touch it and put their blessing on it. I don't want more opiates. I don't want more, you know, I don't want those kind of things. So as far as an industry, I think what we can do is continue like we have to push from the ground up like we've done to force the issues that are of the people to the surface, which we can do with social media, and to force bureaucracy out of our system. Um, this would be a lot easier if these businesses were treated fairly, if the taxes weren't so hard on them. They'd have a more competitive stance when it comes to these big businesses and the pharmaceutical companies that are coming in. Um, I'm not sure that all the changes I'd like to see happen would are even able to happen, even in this <laughs> lifetime. But if I had a soapbox in which I could preach from, it would be comprised of those topics. Yeah, I love that. I think it's such an interesting answer and a really insightful answer. And I think a lot of what you said there surely does resonate with a lot of the people that are listening and a lot of people that are either in the industry or have worked for years to make it what it is today. And clearly it's a very complex topic, but um, it is exciting to see people like you and especially women like you in um, leadership positions and just helping to really pave the way forward in the right way. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. It, um, it's an honor to, uh, to be a part of the industry and it, it takes us all. And so I thank you guys too for everything that you do for women and um, especially in cultivation. I know that that's very male dominated and when all we can continue to do is get involved and raise our hands. You know, yeah. there, it wasn't that long ago that women uh, were, we had one income family and women were really at home raising children. And you know, hasn't been, we've got some decades behind us, but we're building. And so the percentages or the idea that it's not 50-50 in any industry, it's coming. And all we can continue to do is get there. Work harder, Absolutely. raise your hand for the promotion, step forward and step forward. Love that. And look at us, four women on a podcast. We don't need no men's. <laughs> I think there might be one in the back pushing buttons. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you ladies so much for this really great podcast. Thanks to the NCIA Cultivation Committee, Mo and Noni, and thank you Stormy for your time as well. Look forward to seeing everybody this summer in June at NCIA's Cannabis Business Summit and Expo. June 15th through 17th at the Moscone Center in San Francisco. For more information about that, head to www.cannabisbusinesssummit.com. And thanks again, everyone here on the podcast for this episode. And thanks to our listeners for tuning into another episode. Until next time.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.